With this week's Press Luncheon Audio, you're going to hear first from defensive back Afalabe Laguda, then head coach Mike McIntyre, followed by wide receiver Bryce Bobo, and you're also going to hear from athletic director Rick George. Just talk about uh, how the team's doing this week after after a tough loss the other day. You felt you guys have rebounded pretty well. Um, yeah, I think we're rebounding pretty strong. Coach Max definitely been on us about practicing hard and getting that intensity back in us. Um, last Saturday we kind of came out flat. You know, we didn't play Colorado football, so we're definitely trying to get our edge back this week. That's the first time you guys have really done that, come out flat like that. Was there anything that you guys look back on and uh, see why you guys did that? Um, not really. It was just about us. You know, um, we just got to prepare better throughout the week. We really didn't practice like we were supposed to, and that kind of led to that performance. How do you uh, prepare for the uncertainty of the Arizona State quarterback situation? Um, we don't really worry about that. We just worry about us. Um, football's football. They're going to line up 11 guys on the field on Saturday just like us. So we just got to come out there and worry about fitting our gaps right, covering the right people, and just making plays. You guys did a pretty good job of shutting down Duke Smith-Schuster last week, but they utilized some of their other weapons against you. Did you feel like they were targeting you last week? Um, I would guess. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, Juju's a great player, and as well as the other SC athletes out there. So, I mean, I just thought they were just trying to distribute the ball to other athletes evenly. More questions? They, they've shown Balaj lining up in that, that wildcat formation quite a bit this year. What's the key defensively to, to kind of limiting the effectiveness of, of that uh, formation when ASU runs it? Um, Balaj is a great athlete, so we just got to contain him. Um, everybody's got to fit their gaps right. We just got to play stout up front and as well as fly around in the secondary and control the edges, and we should be fine. about defensively, uh, you, know, you guys obviously gave a lot of yards in that game. Was there anything when you look back and watch film that you learned from that you can, you can apply to like this game especially? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, last week we just lacked mental focus, like mental preparation, and um, just seeing things that, you know, every new team each week uh, throws a new wrinkle in their playbook. So I feel like uh, halfway through the season we've seen everything that our offense can throw at us. So uh, now it's just about – Lining up right, playing a formation, and just when that ball snapped, being in the right place at the right time. Any last questions? First of all, you know, we're playing, of course, we're playing Arizona State Saturday. I, um, I have a lot of respect for uh, Todd Graham um, and uh, how he runs his program and, and, and what he does. Um, and uh, he, he'll have them ready to play. And you know, he'll, they'll be blitzing, walking off the bus. That's what he loves to do. So um, it's always uh, um, fun going up against him and what they do there. They've got a heck of a football team. They're five and one, and uh, they're really good. And they've been good um, for a while. And uh, so it's going to be a tough test for us here. Um, but I'm glad we're playing at Folsom. Our kids love playing at Folsom. So I'll take any questions at this time. Coach, you mentioned the uh, blitzing when they get off the bus. Uh, the offensive line seemed to struggle a little bit with the pressure that USC was bringing this past week. You know, how do you address that this week heading into Arizona State? Right. Um, you know, USC's got some really good players, too. Um, and we never got in a rhythm offensively 
to be able to help out our offensive line. Um, you know, we didn't get the ball running. We didn't get the ball out on the edge like we should have on some of our quick passes. So we feel like that we help our offensive line out when we get that first first down and that defensive line gets worn down a little bit. And now they can't dial up all that stuff because you can't, um, you know, we're not slowing down. We get moving, and that helps our offensive line out a lot. Our offensive line's played really well this year. Um, and uh, USC's got some very good players, just like Arizona State does, and we'll handle it and, and, and do well. Uh, to me, there that's a very, very scary thing on, on our part to prepare a team that we don't really know who's going to play quarterback, so to speak. So if they're doing that, they have two excellent, not good, excellent running backs. Um, so and they have a very big, powerful offensive line. So you know, I'm preparing for them if the one quarterback doesn't play that they're going to run the ball a ton and they have good enough players to do that and can try to control the game, so to speak, in the run game. If uh, one of the quarterbacks plays that is able to run their offense exactly like they want it, then they got their whole arsenal. So we're preparing for the whole arsenal and then we got to prepare for isolated areas where they're going to uh, maybe not say they would make it easier if a quarterback's his first start that hadn't played a whole lot. Um, but, uh, you know, so we're, we're working on all of it and it kind of makes it a little bit harder for us, I think. So the way I see it. Getting back to the USC game, it seemed like in the first half, uh, Afalabi said earlier that you came out flat, and it seemed in the second half that you really picked it up and adjustments were made. Can you just talk a little bit about maybe what might have played into that? Yeah, I don't think we really came out flat. I think USC had something to do with that. Um, you know, they're a good football team, um, playing on the road, um, and uh, we just didn't kind of get in a rhythm. They made a couple plays um, here and there, and but we hung in there. I thought we kept playing hard and we uh, were able to get back in the football game and just didn't finish it like we wanted to. Uh, you know, their USC is the most talented team we've played except for Michigan, no doubt in my mind. Um, and uh, they're probably one of the most talented teams we'll play the rest of the year. And so uh, that was uh, – but we had our opportunities and we still feel like we should have won the game. We still feel like if we played them again, we could win the game. And uh, so uh, um, I don't think our kids came out like flat. I think they had something to do with it and we – didn't make a few plays that we needed to make in the first half there. Um, when you're watching on film, if we do a couple things, just a couple little things that you see um, that we didn't take advantage of um, that were there, then, you know, it's 14-10 to 10 at halftime or 14-14. It's a whole different game. Uh, Manny Wilkins, I think, sprained his the issue quarterback on, on October 1st. You've had a quarterback dealing with a sprained ankle as well. Are you surprised or um, – given that how quickly they think he can get back? And do you mm -hmm. just have to kind of assume that even if he is back, that he would be at his normal kind of running? Yeah, you got to assume that they're gonna, they, they won't put him out there unless he's able to protect himself and go. Um, you know, I have a master's, but I don't have a doctorate. So <laughs> there's a difference in a low ankle sprain and a high ankle sprain. You know, my youngest son has a low ankle sprain. He got in the game and played the whole game. He's going to play this week. But a high ankle sprain is a whole different world. And so I, I don't know what, where, where it is with, with uh, Manny. Um, that let them decide. And if he walks out there to play, then we've got to be able to, to beat them with him. And, uh, and so that's what, we're, what we plan to be able to try to do. Understandably so, from the film, it looked like Montez is playing a little bit more reactionary than reading the defense right now. Would you say that it's just a natural part of his progression? Is that where he's at? 
Well, he's kind of a uh, um, reactionary guy anyway. He he's, has the ability to make those types of plays. Some people don't. So, therefore, his whole life he's been able to do some of those types of things. Um, but I do think he understands our offense and does understand uh, reading defenses. But when you're a young player, sometimes it takes you a little while to be able to, you know, you've pl after you've played a couple different defenses, you go, oh, okay, that's what they're trying to do. You're able to simulate it a little bit quicker. Um, so, uh, but he's, he's played really well and been impressed with what, what he's done so far for sure. Coach, when a, when a team is not as physical as the head coach wants, is that because of a lack of focus or, and I know USC had a lot to do with that, but what usually goes into that, a lack of physicality? Um, well, I, you know, I thought that we tried to, tried to definitely play physical. Um, we, uh, um, they, they got a couple of good running backs. You know, we, we, I, thought we, I thought we tackled them pretty well for the most part. Um, you know, they had a couple of big passes that were right there, um, and they came down when they, we didn't. Those two balls fall to the ground. Um, might everybody be talking about how we won the game? Literally two plays where our people are right there. Um, so it wasn't busting coverages. It wasn't lack of focus. Um, they just made some plays. And when you play in the Pac-12, some days you're going to make those plays, and I hope we make them every Saturday, but they're on scholarship too, and they're really good players. And that's kind of what the game kind of boiled down to at the end there. I've seen some flashes of the old Addison Gillum out there. Yeah. Knowing all that he's gone through. It's fun to see, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what has that meant for you as a coach to see him kind of rebound this way? Oh, it's exciting to me. It's really exciting. And, uh, you know, he, he made some big plays Saturday, and he'll make some big plays this Saturday. As the season's gone on, he's played more and more, and that will continue to, to happen. Um, and it's great to, to see him out there flying around. It really is. Uh, I still wish he'd cut his hair, but that's his trademark. <laughs> hey, Coach, uh, Ty Graham said about you the other day, he said you're, you're a coachable kid. You've always been a coachable kid. I think you're older, so why are you the kid in the relationship? I don't know what he meant by coachable kid. Um, he probably meant that um, I'm a coach's kid. That's probably what he was trying to say, okay. I would think. Um, and uh, um, he has, you know, his, his son's a coach, and um, so it's kind of grown up in our family. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach's kid. There's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, um, I don't know what he meant by that. I'm, I, that's what I would think. I see what he would mean. Yeah. Jimmy Gilbert seems to be getting better from week to week. Is mm -hmm. that something that you're seeing? He's making more plays than running. Yeah, Jimmy's playing really well. Um, Jimmy's staying healthy. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's out there all the time now since Derek McCartney's not able to – they were kind of splitting time at different times when we had our nickel package and that type of stuff on the field. Um, so he's out there playing more plays, and he's playing really well. I've been um, pleased with how Jimmy's played. Um, I've, I've been teasing him. He, he, you know, he's had some really good sacks, and the one sack he had that nobody blocked him, he missed the guy. So I said, you we're just going to practice you when they, when they let you go free to make sure you make the sack. Uh, but he's done really well, and I'm, I'm pleased with Jimmy and, and what he's doing. You, you mentioned the talent of the running backs that, that Arizona State has. Yes. Um, one of them, obviously, Kalen Balage, um, who you guys know well. What, um, what is he, when, when he runs that, the, the single back formation that he had so much success with so far this season, what, what is the key defensively to, to trying to contain that and to limiting his effectiveness with that? Tackle number seven. <laughs> uh, you know, they get him in some situations where he just runs over guys. They get him in some one-on-one -on -one spots, and um, you know that he the people aren't tackling him well. You got to tackle him well, and uh, that's easier said than done. Sometimes you got to understand they're in the formation. You got to understand what they're trying to do out of it. I feel like our guys do. I think they'll have some new wrinkles in it this week. 
if they feel like they're not going to have their, their main quarterback. So I think they'll have a few wrinkles in it. So we've got to prepare, be prepared for that and handle that. But uh, they do a really good job with it. And, but the main thing is the dude, number seven, running it. He's pretty wicked. Coach, when you pursue someone on the recruiting trail, especially in your home state like Elijah, um, you don't get them. When you, when you later match up with them or you watch them on film, mm -hmm. do you ever catch yourself picturing what could have been with this guy in black and gold? Or do you kind of have to let that go as kind of the nature of recruiting? I don't picture of him what I would have been with him in black and gold. I, I, um, we recruited him hard, got to know his family really well. His uncle even played here, uh, was a, you know, a good player. Um, so, uh, uh, but I'm happy for him doing well at Arizona State, and that's why he decided to go, and we'll line up and play against him. And uh, so that's kind of how I look at it. I don't, I don't cry over spilt milk. We just move on. I, I love the kids that we have. Any final questions for Coach? Flash about another guy with you long asked hair. Someone. Yeah. Uh, MJ Fallow. Yeah. I played a little bit more the other day. Mm -hmm. How's he doing as far as uh, getting back into football shape and being able to help you guys? Yeah, he's, he's done time? well. He's done well. You know, he, he's uh, um, he won the uh, Hammer Award. He had a big hit on the kickoff against Oregon State, made a big play there. So he's fitting, he's playing on quite a few different special teams. And then he's um, rotating in some at outside linebacker and, and has done some good things. Um, so I, I've been pleased with, with what um, NJ's doing for us. Any other questions? All right, thank you. By the way, you just talked a little bit about what the USC defense did to kind of slow you guys down. You got to really fast starts this season, but they really kind of put the brakes on you there in the first half. Yeah, I think to, to come out with USC's front seven kind of did a really good job of bringing pressure uh, to Montez and kind of getting him out of his comfort zone a little bit. Um, and it kind of set us up to where we couldn't get the ball downfield to the wide receivers. Bryce, you guys have obviously have, have done well uh, receiver-wise of being able to get downfield and make those plays. Mm -hmm. Was there anything you feel like you guys as a receiving core could have done better in that game and, and need to do better as you go forward to get back to what you were doing? Um, I think that we just have to start beating our, our, our coverages a little bit faster and kind of get in and out of our routes a little bit quicker. Um, you know, if they're bringing pressures like they were, again, like USC did, then that means that we just have to um, you know, break off our, our routes a little bit crisp and uh, create more separation. This was really the first time that a team had tried to take big plays away from you guys. Was there something specifically that they were doing that kind of limited that and it forced you to try and sustain those drives? Yeah, um, so we were trying to run a couple of uh, different um, concepts, like like deep, um, throwing the ball downfield more. And, you know, they weren't biting on any of the, of the first breaking routes. They were kind of sitting on top of everything. So we couldn't get any of our um, our deep passes in, and that's why a lot of the underneath stuff was was wide open because they weren't allowing anything to come over the top. Right. Hi. Um, have you seen your quarterback rating? Oh yeah, I just I was just looking at a piece of paper back there. It's like nine. Um, how important are plays like that to get the team started, and, and how often would you like to see that happen? Um, any type of big play like that to give us momentum is a, is a great thing to have, and you know we had a lack of that in the first half, and that's why we came out with the with the trick play, which is the one that I threw to Phil, um, kind of just spark, gave us a little bit of spark and kind of you know started off a drive right. I just see more of that. Oh yeah, I would love to see more of that. <laughs> just 
thought you guys had a night game in Folsom, homecoming, mm -hmm. you know, opponent that uh, you guys have not beaten uh, in whatever, but especially yeah. since you've been here. Um, does that energize you guys having the, the night games at Folsom? Like oh yeah, I love. First of all, I love night games. I think most of the guys on the team love night games and that kind of atmosphere, especially in Folsom. Um, we're expecting a lot of fans, and you know, we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to come out with a with a big win, especially over ASU, someone that we, we haven't beat yet. Just talk a little bit about what you've seen from ASU secondary. Um, well, they like to play. I feel like they like to play a lot of man too, just because they 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 bring a lot of the uh, pressures with their front seven. Um, you know, we just have to, as a wide receiver core, you know, we just have to go out there and make plays when the when opportunities are given. Bryce, as, as much as ASU blitzes, does that kind of have receivers licking their chops at times? Because if you, you know, can get past that first seam there that, you know, you've got a big play staring in the face, does that, what does that do for you? Oh, yeah. Um, as a wide receiver, you love to see man-to-man, -man, any type of man-to-man -man coverages. And uh, ASU, like USC, plays a lot of that. And so, you know, we're coming up with new plays to, to, to beat that, and we're going to execute them. All right. Let's let Bryce go. Let's let him get going to class. Thank you, Bryce. All right. No problem. All right. Our special uh, surprise guest today is athletic director Rick George. So this is our mini fall roundtable that we do three or four times a year. So we thought it would be a good idea to break, break down since I think it's going pretty well in the program. It's been a while since I've seen all of you, so nice to see you, see you all. Um, and, and I'll be really brief and really just wanted to make myself available to uh, answer any questions that you have um, uh, about CU athletics, and uh, but but what I do want to say going into this um, is, and we've been talking around the country uh, the last few weeks, traveling around to to visit with donors. is It's probably one of the most successful falls that CU's had in their history, uh, and we're proud of that. It's I, I think it's the first time that all of our teams in their competitive seasons, after the announcement that. Uh, soccer has uh, ranked 23rd now that it's the first time in our history that all of our fall sports have been ranked in the top 25 at some point. Uh, and that's important to us. It's, it's, it's the culture that uh, we're trying to create uh, in our athletic department. You know, our soccer program, um, you know, I think at the start of the year, uh, we knew we had a mature team and a, and a really good team. And, um, you know, we, we struggled a little bit. And then, you know, now we've reeled off nine straight wins uh, to win, to be 5-0 and in the Pac-12 is significant. We have two uh, games on the road next week. I'll be attending both, which I'm excited about, um, out in the Bay Area. Uh, and, and they've got off to a great season. And Taylor Korniak, who's uh, really having a, a super season as a freshman, uh, is leading or tied in the Pac-12 in goal scored. So uh, she's having a terrific year. Uh, volleyball, we know what they've done. They upset number 12 UCLA a few weeks back. And... Uh, Struggled a little bit on the road, but um, you know them being in the top 25 for as long as they have, uh, they'll get back there. Uh, our men's and women's uh, golf teams have, have had a good fall so far. I know our men are competing today. Our women go to Stanford. Uh, Esther Lee is uh, the number one rated golfer in the country, and um, you know that's uh, something that we're really proud of. Our tennis team, Nicole Keneally, won her only Invitational, even though it's not her competitive. They don't rank uh, our tennis team at this time of the year, and then. 
we saw what Nuria Ruiz did, um, um, you know, this past week in the in the competition uh, out in California. So uh, we're off to a really good start, and then we haven't talked about football. And um, um, you know, everybody knows what my expectations are um, with our football program, and uh, we're four and two today. Um, um, I like where we are. Um, I, um, I like um, the leadership that we have in the locker room with our, our football team and the way they're performing. And um, um, it's, it's a different team. And, um, um, you know, having that leadership in the locker room and having the, the leadership uh, from Coach McIntyre and his staff has uh, really uh, got us off uh, to a great start. Um, you know, we control our own destiny in the Pac-12 South, um, you know, but uh, I think the thing that I like about this team is our focus is always the game ahead of us, and so it's about ASU, 6 o'clock uh, Saturday night on the Pac-12 networks, and I think that's the focus of our team. And um, So um, I feel good about where we're at from a competitive standpoint. I'll talk about uh, attendance in a minute. Um, but I also believe uh, these facilities are having an impact on all of our programs. And if you look at our recruiting, and can't really talk about recruiting until signing date, but uh, some of the early indicators from what we've seen from verbal commitments uh, across all of our sports is really good. Um, and I think our facilities have an impact. But more importantly, I think um, you know our coaches and, and our staff, um, we really have a good culture in our athletic department about what our expectations are. And, and I feel really good about uh, we're all moving in the right direction. Um, as it relates to our attendance, um, you know, just a couple of points. Um, you know, we, we made a real effort in the spring, and I think we talked about this in the summer, uh, but we made a real effort to uh, get out there and market and do a lot of grassroots things uh, in our communities uh, to get people excited about what we're doing. We also uh, dropped uh, our sports pass price for our students uh, on campus from $175 to $99. And what we're seeing is last year we sold around 7,000 and we're over 9,000 um, student sport passes that we've sold to date. And with the other things that go along with that, we, we hope that'll be closer to 10. Now our, our challenge, um, and, and I think our students have been really good, is we want to get them in the game and we want to get them there early and stay long and, um, and because I think they do create an atmosphere that's really important to us. Um, we look to... Um, exceed our, our attendance uh, goals for this year. Um, and, uh, you know, we had our, our largest our, uh, attended game with Mike McIntyre's area uh, uh, against Oregon State, 47-893, and, and we're just a little over 43 for this game. We still got a lot of selling. It's a night game, so that helps as well. So hopefully we'll be in that same range uh, for this game. So... Um, um, we're excited about the, that aspect because that's important. We're also introducing, you've probably seen this CU in 60, we're trying to encourage with you know, uh, more attendance um, at our games and more people coming. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of um, um, people frustrated about getting into our games and through the gates, and you know, we're promoting this CU in 60 to try to get our fans here 60 minutes before the game. A lot of people want to see uh, Ralphie run. She always runs about six, seven minutes before the kickoff. So, you you know, trying to get 40,000 people through the gates at the same time if everybody comes in in that last half hour is a challenge. We, um, we will do some things differently this week and have a few more gates uh, to get people in. 
Um, but um, you'll see us announcing uh, um, the CUN60 because we want to encourage people to get there 60 minutes early and, and what they can experience inside. Our lots will open at noon, uh, so it's a 6 o'clock game, so our lots will open at noon, um, and the gates will open two hours prior, so we want to encourage people to come. It's going to be a, a great fall day in Boulder, um, and so we're hoping that uh, we can get people out um, uh, early so we avoid the frustrations that we've had uh, uh, to get in the game. So with that, I'll open it up for questions. If anybody has any, happy to take them. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the yeah the best way to the best way for fans that are not in a pack if they don't have a uh, a cable carrier that has you know so we're on Comcast Xfinity and so if you if you're not on one of those areas that you can get the game the best option is to go to Sling TV um, and the Pac-12 website has that on there and we can direct people to that that they can use Sling TV to be able to get a bundled package for that. No, it's not free. It's I think it's ten or fifteen dollars. I'm not sure exactly, but I think it's ten or fifteen dollars to get that, uh, and it allows you access into um, into the broadcast. Do you get much feedback about this? Because I know the commissioner spoke <laughs> about it last uh, couple of months ago. What have you been hearing from the fans? Well, I get feedback, you know, and I think the the, the conference has really worked hard and, and are working hard to improve our distribution methods, and um, you know, we just. Uh, acquired more homes in the um, in the Southern Cal area through a, a deal that they did with Time Warner out there. You know, we've we've been pushing people towards the networks, and you know, again, we Directv is we're looking at all of our options, over the top uh, options to get our broadcast. You know, we just did a Twitter that was something we were the first. Our soccer match on uh, Thursday was the first, or Friday was the first streamed match on on Twitter um, and I watched it uh, when I was in California on my phone and and it was uh, great our team our, our buff vision and Eric Poloni who's here and Derek Swanson they did a phenomenal job with that broadcast so we're the conference is really working on other ways uh, that we can get uh, our broadcast out to more people distribution is a huge factor for us and a huge consideration that we talk about often with our conference office do I have fans that are frustrated about it? Absolutely. And, um, and I think what we're trying to do as a conference and as athletic directors is we're trying to find ways that we can get more people with their hands and their eyes on our product. Rick, Nick Cosmider, Denver Post. Yep. Um, you, you mentioned it just a minute ago, uh, midway point of the season and control your own destiny in the Pac-12 South, or in the Pac-12. A lot of people outside this program didn't see that coming. What, what was it that you saw or, or indications that you had that going into this year that this was going to be a turnaround that makes you not surprised by the success that the team's had? Well, I, I think it, there's a lot of things, you know, and, and, and I try to be visible and around and, and looking at um, our football team. And, and I think the biggest thing that gave me, um, I guess, the confidence that we would get to the kind of start that we have is that, you know, the kind of leadership that we have uh, in our locker room. And I, and I can't say that enough. And, and, you know, having been, you know, at the Texas Rangers when we went to the World Series and the, the, 
the, the clubhouse, and, and, and that has a big impact on, um, you know, how you do because those athletes are together uh, a lot. And to have that kind of leadership in the locker room, and I think, I, I don't know if Mike's the one who stated it, but it's the, the, uh, the most mature team we've had since 2001 or something like that. And, and that makes a big difference that people that have been there that experienced, and then we got a few people back and um, – you know, some people have matured and there's been some surprises out there. But then I also think it's the quality of our coaching staff. And, uh, you know, Mike made some changes in the off season, And, you know, we've got coaches coaching different areas now. And he restructured the staff. And he's really made some, some great moves that, um, you know, and, and the great thing is, is everybody's working together. And, um, you know, having Cheverini and Lingram and, you know, uh, Jim Levitt and having his staff back, you know, intact. In after having been with him one year, I think makes a big difference. So I think it's just the maturity level of our staff and and uh, and, and mostly our student athletes. How much does winning help donations? <laughs> um, it helps, um, certainly helps. And uh, you know, when you put forty-seven or forty-eight thousand in the stadium versus thirty-eight, there's ten thousand more potential donors. And um, but you know. What we want is we want to fill this stadium because when Folsom is when Folsom is full, it's it's pretty loud and it's a, one of the great atmospheres in college athletics. And so we need to get back to that. That's been our goal. We we I think we've been patient, even though I'm not a very patient person. Um, but we've been pretty patient. And um, and you know Mike's had a process and and um, and and he stayed to that process and he stayed true to that process. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that. But let's let's remember. That we're only six games through the season, you know we still got six games to go, so there's a lot um, left to 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 know. And so um, I think at the halfway point we're 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 happy where we are, um, but we got a lot of work to do these last six games, and most importantly Arizona State Saturday. Keep in mind we're not even sure how noisy Folsom will be because when we get a near full house or a full house, we've now got this building to keep the sound in from this side. Good point, David. Any other questions about anything? Nope. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.